knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Most deer hunters like to have multiple spots that they can go to to maximize their chance of success in the woods. On this episode, I'm going to talk about how many spots you really need, or at least how many you should plan for under optimal conditions. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast and YouTube channel helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanitas, and today we're talking about how many stands or locations or spots do you really need or should plan for for deer hunting, particularly with respect to new hunters. Now, when I say the word stand, I use it interchangeably with location, with spot. To me, a stand is anywhere you take a stand to hunt deer. So you may take a stand in a tree. You may take a stand on the ground. You may take a stand in a hunting blind. You may set up anywhere. So when I use the word stand, I'm not intentionally doing it. I've just trained myself over years to think about it in terms of anywhere you would set up any spot that you would hunt deer from. Again, could be in a tree, could be on the ground, could be in a blind, could be on a hillside and with a, an overturned tree in front of you. Anywhere that you can hide, that you can set up, that you can camouflage yourself or that you can put yourself in an ideal position to hunt, even if that's just leaning up against an oak tree with a little bit of cover around you. So, you know, the obvious question is how many spots do you really need to have? Well, you only need to have one right? One spot is enough. If you can be successful, you can hunt, you can take a deer. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's all there is. So you need one spot. Okay. You have to have one spot. If you don't have a spot, then you don't, you don't have a hunt. You don't have a way to hunt. You got to find at least one spot that is going to be advantageous. Now, how you find a spot, I've done many episodes in the past about how to scout and where to set up and what factors to look for and how you can sweeten a location and things that you can do with, with locations and cameras and mock scrapes and what to look for for food and travel and bedding and all those kind of things. Lots of episodes about that. You can check back on those. I'm not going to rehash that. If you head to the website, newhuntersguide.com, and you go to the deer hunting category, I have every episode in history organized by group, by zone, by theme, so you can look through and find what you're looking for. But what, how many stands do you need? What, what's ideal? Okay, you got to have one. Got it. 
You can figure out how to find a good spot. Talked about that a lot in the past. Probably do more in the future. But how many do you really need? I hear about hunters having, you know, 10 and 15 and 20 stands and locations and blinds, you know, that they can go to to hunt deer. Well, you know, that's completely unrealistic for a new hunter, right? You're trying to find your first spot. And once you find your first spot, you know, maybe it's your first season, second season, third season, whatever it might be. Then you start thinking about, okay, how many, how many spots should I have? Do I need more than one? What would that do for me? Would that be ideal? Well, the answer is, yeah, you really would benefit from having more than one location to hunt due to two primary factors. Okay, and these factors drive everything in terms of number of locations and types of locations. Factor number one is the wind. Not every spot is good for every wind. In fact, almost no spots are good for every wind. So maybe you're, you've got a good location for an east wind, but when there's a west wind, that spot's not going to work. Maybe you've got a good location for a north wind, whether it's due north, northeast, northwest, um, you know, west by northwest. That'll all work fine, but if there's a south wind, or maybe just a southeast wind, that blows up your location and is going to make it a lot harder, if not impossible, to hunt anything there deer-wise. So it's good to have multiple spots that you can hunt for different prevailing wind directions. Right, at least two that have opposing wind directions as the primary, um, you know, thing that you're looking at. So if you can have a spot that you hunt with a west wind, and then you have another spot you can hunt with an east wind, then you're at least able to hunt on, you know, the majority of wind days. If you're thinking about just if you have got all four cardinal wind directions, you got a spot that's good to hunt with an east and a west and a north and a south. So you got four spots, then you can hunt no matter how the wind blows. Usually you don't need that many spots though, right? You know, if there's a south wind, there's going to be, it's either going to be southwest or southeast, or even if it's due south, usually you can get by with two or three locations. You know, most locations you can, you can plan, okay, how's the wind going to blow here? What's the best time and wind to hunt this location? What's an okay wind to hunt this location? And then what wind just not going to work here is going to completely blow up my chance. So you can usually get by and be able to hunt effectively with any wind with two or three spots. The other variable to look at is hunting pressure. Your hunting pressure specifically. Even if you're on private land, even if it's your own property, even if you own a thousand acres If you hunt the exact same spot every single day, that spot's going to become less and less effective every day that you're there because you're exerting pressure. You're exerting human scent, human influence, sight, sound, everything that deer can pick up on, whether you know they picked up on it or not, and begin to pattern you and begin to keep their distance from you and begin to only visit that spot at night or at times when you're not there or just push to other sides of the property, or most often is the case on the other people's properties. So the number of times you plan to hunt, particularly in a short period of time, kind of determines how many spots you should have. You know, I am not someone who advocates for hunting every day of the week um, or hunting for a week straight. 
I don't believe that's to be the most effective use of my time. Um, especially if you're hunting the same spot every day for that week. The reason being is now you're exerting scent and pressure on that spot. So the first day that you're there is the best day. And then every day after that gets progressively worse in terms of your odds because the deer are picking up on you. They're picking up on your scent. They're picking up on your sound. They're picking up on you walking in and walking out. They're seeing you. They're picking up on your movement. They're picking up on the scent of the snacks that you eat while you're there and anything else that happens. Not to say that there's no chance if you're there for multiple days in a row, but the chance goes down every day. Even with an ideal wind, you are still exerting pressure on that property. Now you can be smart. You can be super quiet. You can take reasonable steps to control your scent. In fact, I'm going to do some episodes about that in the future. I've done some in the past, but going to take that further. Uh, you know, there's things you can do to, to make a difference, to minimize your hunting pressure, but you're going to be there. You're going to breathe. You're going to exert yourself and your presence and, and, and your fingerprint on that property, on that location while you're there. The other reason that it's not a great idea to hunt multiple days in a row is because rarely is the weather great multiple days in a row. You know, I've done episodes on best weather days to hunt deer, uh, but the short and sweet of it is this, the best days to hunt deer is days that you have a temperature drop. So if yesterday it was warm and the last five days it was warm in the morning and tomorrow it's going to be cold in the morning, tomorrow morning is going to be the best morning to be out there because there's a drop in relative temperature. doesn't matter what the temperature is. It's a drop in relative temperature. If it's been 80 degrees every morning and you've got a 70 degree morning, that's the best day to be out there. That's the best morning. If it's been 40 degrees every morning, now you've got a 30 degree morning. That's the best morning to be out there. If you've had afternoons where it was 60 in the afternoon and now you've got an afternoon where the temperature's dropping throughout the afternoon because the weather front's coming in, that's the best afternoon to be there. And just the day where it's colder relative to the last day and the last several days, whether it's morning or afternoon, those are the days deer are going to move more. That, that change in temperature, that cooling off refreshes them especially on warm, you know, in streaks where it's been warm. But, you know, until you get down to the really cold weather, this, this rule pretty much holds true. So those are the best mornings. Deer feel that they can move. They're, they're not, you know, uh, affected by the heat. They're not getting too thirsty. They just feel refreshed and they're out and about more in the daylight. Not saying they necessarily move more total, but they're moving more in the daylight because they're not waiting for it to cool off at nighttime as much, or it's extra cool in the morning, so they, they feel like they can cover more ground using less energy. All those different factors involved. And there's many other factors. I've done episodes on that. But the point for this conversation is, you know, the best weather days are the best use of your time. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. 
Altacovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. So, you know, if you could only hunt five days a season or five days a year, the best five days that you should be out there is not a whole week straight. It's the five best weather days that you're able to get out there. And this does a lot of things. One, a good weather day really improves your chance of taking a deer. It really does. I believe significantly you have more movement. You have more opportunities. You have more everything. Uh, number two, it, it saves your time. Okay, it's hard to hunt for a week straight. It's hard to hunt 50, 60 times, you know, in a season. Of course, we're adding archery and, and every other kind of season and not just straight rifle season. It's hard to hunt just for two straight weeks of rifle season. It wears you out. It wears your family out. It wears your employer out. And every day is not going to be a good weather day. In fact, statistically, most of the days are going to be bad weather days in terms of, of maximizing movement. And you've heard it said probably that, well, you, you can't kill deer sitting on the couch. Well, I disagree with that. And I know super serious hunting professionals and consultants and lifelong hunters, people who make their living in the hunting industry, they also disagree with that. Because if you're in the woods every single day when the weather's bad, you have lower chance of success every one of those days, and you are burning out hunting spots and stand locations on those days. So you have bad weather, bad chances, and then you are exerting hunting pressure on a good spot on bad hunting days, and then you're making that a worse spot. So when a good day rolls around, your odds are lower than they would have been had you not been there. You certainly can shoot more deer, particularly more bucks, sitting on the couch than you can in the woods, to a point. To a point. If you only have one spot, you've only got one spot, and that spot is maybe only good when there's a north wind, or a west wind, or a southwest wind, whatever it, whatever it is, you want to wait until, one, you have a favorable wind direction, right? If the wind's blowing the wrong way, you can blow out all the deer in that area, you want to wait till you have a favorable wind direction, and you want to wait till you have an ideal or at least reasonable weather day. You know, the hottest day in a string of 10 days is the worst day to be out. So, 
you know, if you're looking for a, a, the best weather day or a at least a reasonably good weather day, one that you're at least enduring a dip of temperature, you know, and you're looking for the right wind, that's going to really limit the days that that's, you can be in that spot. However, those are going to be the most productive days. So if you have multiple stands and you can hunt multiple winds, and then you can rotate between some of those locations, depending on the wind and depending on how often you've been hunting different places, then you can hunt more often in a shorter period of time without exerting too much pressure on an area. You know, I still don't believe that it's great to hunt five days in a row. I just do not. But maybe you want to hunt two or three days over the course of a week. You know, maybe you're on hunt every other day or you've got a, a, you know, a good weekend coming up where you're going to have lower temps. So maybe you want to hunt two or three days in a row where you have good weather conditions because that's how you can schedule it. That's how you can plan it. That's what you feel like doing. That's fun. Great. Awesome. Perfect. It's probably best if you can have two or three locations available to you to be able to hunt during those three days. Maybe you spend a different day at each location. Maybe you're in the morning in one spot and the evening in another. Maybe depending on the weather or the wind, you, you're able to move back and forth between different places. But if you've got the first sit in a long time at three different locations, three days in a row, your chances are going to be much better than being at the same spot three days in a row. So, you know, that's this is what determines how many spots you really need or are ideal to have. So... You know, if you want to hunt a lot, you, more spots is going to help you because then you can rotate. Even if you don't want to hunt a lot, it's good to have a couple spots that you can hunt in different wind days that are ideal for different winds. So whenever you have a day you can hunt or you want to hunt or you've got off or you have good weather, whatever the case may be, maybe you just you don't have the flexibility to, to, do, to adjust with the weather. Maybe you can hunt Saturdays and that's it. That's all you've got doesn't matter what the weather is. You could either go out or not go out, and that's all she wrote. Well, then you want to at least be able to go out and have a good wind. So if your spot is only good with one wind, and you have a contrary wind, and you going out there can, you know, you, you, you're, you're, you're really killing your odds and your chances of getting something if you're hunting the wind that is the wind that's blowing your scent directly into where you expect the deer to come from, because it's very unlikely those deer aren't going to come. Now, you can never say never, because sometimes the wind's contrary. Sometimes it shifts while you're sitting there. You know, you, you've probably, if you've hunted any amount of time, you've had a good wind, and then for whatever reason, it just flipped around and started blowing the other way for 10 minutes. And people have heard deer snort and stomp and puff and run away. As soon as that happened, they didn't even know the deer were there, but the wind changed and they were gone. Well, the same way you can have a bad wind that changes into a good wind for 10 or 15 minutes and then you get an opportunity. Or you have young deer that come through that really don't care that much about smelling you, especially if you're in an area where there's a lot of people and they're used to human scent, but those are usually only going to be young deer. So you can, you know, it, there's never a never, but in terms of increasing your chances, especially at older deer and mature deer and bucks in particular, you got to play the wind. So I recommend new hunters. Of course, first you got to find a spot and then you've got a spot and you can hunt that spot. 
And chances are, if you're a new hunter, you're probably starting in rifle season. So you got one spot and you've got, you know, in, in my state, I think we've got a 15 day rifle season, something like that. So you've got 15 days in one spot. What, how do you make the best use of that spot? How do you break it up? Should you hunt 15 straight days? Well, no. No, you shouldn't. You definitely shouldn't. But you should probably break up your days, depending on how many days you can hunt, based on the weather, and then trying to give some space in between. Putting more preference towards you know, the beginning of the season. Even on day one of rifle season, even if it's not a great day, your chances are still good compared to a great day later in the season because there hasn't been as much hunting pressure in the woods, period. You know, if, if you're out there on day one, deer are the closest to acting normal that they're going to act during the rifle season. And once you've had people just tromping through the woods everywhere and deer being shot at everywhere, then behavior changes, they become more skittish. So you definitely want to be out there unless the wind is terrible for your spot on opening day, maybe the first two days. But after that, you're probably best playing the weather, putting some time in between your sits, um, and, and doing those kind of things to, to maximize your chances, as well as maximize your time investment, right? If you're a hunter, you also are an other thinger, right? You have other things in your life. You probably have... You know, family, you probably have a job, you probably have other activities, pursuits, church, whatever it might be, hobbies, uh, you know, other things you're responsible for. You know, to just take weeks at a time and focus on one thing is can be really hard to do. But if that's not a good use of time, you know, if your odds go from 30% chance of success in a given day, and since you're out there every single day, they drop to 5%, that's not a good use of your time. You're better off flexing with the opportunities, the conditions, the wind, the weather in order to make, uh, you know, have better odds when you are out in the woods. That said, once you reach that point, okay, then you should start thinking about, okay, how do I find more spots? Maybe it's public land. Maybe it's private land. I've talked about in the past, you know, how big of a spot do you need? You can you can be very effective on very small properties. You really can. You don't need 100 acres. You don't need 10 acres. You basically need the distance between you and the projectile that you're firing to make sure that end lands on the property that you're in. And then you can hunt deer if you can locate a good spot where there's deer movement. And I've done episodes on that. You can go back and check it out. But you should have multiple spots so that you can play different wins and that you can be effective if you're hunting, you know, multiple days. You know, a lot of guys, you know, they, they decide, okay, this is going to be my hunting weekend. I'm going to hunt two or three or four days in a row. That's just the way I do it because I enjoy that. Great. I'm not opposed to that. If you enjoy that, do it. I don't enjoy that. I don't like to be in the stand three and four days in a row. My back hurts, it wears me out, I'm tired. I don't enjoy it as much as if I would spread those three or four days out over three or four weeks or at least one or two weeks. And then I'm able to, to really anticipate those days. I'm able to enjoy them more. But if you like doing a whole weekend hunt and that's, that's your deal, then having multiple spots can really make a difference. So how many do you need? Well, how many wins do you have in your area? And then how many times do you plan to hunt in a short period of time? 
So I think it's great if, you know, Hunter's got, you know, three, four, five spots that they can go to. But it's going to take time to get to that, especially if you're talking about tree stands, hunting blinds, that's money. Every one of those spots is time, it's work, it's dollars, right? You, you know, buying a tree stand, well, then you need a way to get into that tree stand. Okay, you need a ladder. Okay, well, you need a rope then to pull your stuff up. Okay, well, you need a safety belt in the tree stand to clip onto your harness. You can have one harness with multiple stands because you're wearing it, but you need something up in that tree to hook it to. You probably want some other stuff in that tree stand to hook your stuff to or hang your stuff from. All these things cost money. You got to find that spot. You got to scout it. You got to get that stand up there, whether you're it's a hang on or a ladder stand or whatever the case may be. Boom, boom, boom. You got a hunting blind. You got to buy that blind. You got to find a spot. You got to set it up. You got to buy a chair to put in that blind. All these things take time. They take work. They take money. So having more spots is often a function of having been hunting for more years because you're able to slowly invest more money into more locations. Of course, you got to have the opportunities to hunt in different areas. But you could have a 12-acre property and have three spots on that property at different points on the property, especially if it's not just a straight square. You can have multiple spots for multiple wins, even on a very small parcel, and, and you can use that to your advantage. You don't necessarily have to have a lot of big properties. You know, I have one property that I hunt. I've got three locations on that property. I've even pondered more, and it's, it's you know, 11, 12 acres. Well, there's different areas, there's different winds, it's a long property, and there's multiple deer movements on that property due to the, the geography and the topography and the hills and valleys and all that stuff. So I can hunt different point, points and parts of that property uh, with different winds and different spots and still be relatively effective without spooking out the whole property. Now, if it was just a 12-acre field, you'd be hard-pressed to do that. Maybe you could put a stand-up or a blind on either side, but even still, you know, you're limited. But sometimes having a lot of a lot of geography involved, a lot of, you know, change in elevation and hills and so on, you can get multiple spots, multiple good spots, even on a small property. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. But that takes time, money, investment. So when I hear about guys who got 10 or 20 stands, in my mind I'm thinking, okay, well they've got significant resources, they've been at this for a long time, and they all, they've got a lot of time to hunt, or they're investing a lot of time to hunt. To me, where I'm at, that's not really feasible. You know, if I had the money to invest, I, I still wouldn't have that many spots because I can only take so many deer, right? So if I got 10 spots, am I going to hunt 10 times in a given deer season? 
I have, I think, but probably not, not consistently, and certainly not in every spot because, you know, in any given day, only so many of those spots are going to have an ideal wind. And I'm like, you know, I can't shoot that many deer. I usually go out and, and, and have a better success rate than that. If I didn't, then I feel like I've, I've been missing it in terms of my scouting and or just really unlucky. But, you know, am I going to really hunt 10 or 20 times? And how many deer can I shoot? And I'm not really going after trophy bucks to the point where I'm going to pass on all kinds of deer and just wait for that one really big one to come. That's just not the way I hunt. That's not the place that I'm at as an individual. And I'm just not willing to invest 20 days in in hunting deer in a given season because it's a lot of time and you know I usually only have two or three tags one buck tag and one maybe two doe tags so even if I take three deer I don't usually need to hunt 10 or 20 times to do that not anymore now when I first got started that was a different story didn't know what I was doing didn't have this podcast to help me uh you know it was a different universe but even then I still didn't hunt 20 times in a season just didn't have the time so it's a factor of how much are you going to hunt? What are your hunting goals? Now, some people, maybe you've got different spots for different things. You know, maybe this spot doubles for deer and turkey. Maybe it doubles wherever you are for deer, turkey, elk, and something else. So then having more spots in your, you know, in your pocket that you're able to go to, you're able to hunt multiple seasons, multiple games, and depending on the wind, and what's going on, you can adjust. Now, people bring up climbing tree stands. Okay, well, that's like having as many spots as you want. Well, climbing tree stands do have the advantage of being very mobile, very portable. They're also really loud. They're really loud, and they take a lot of work. And if you think yours is not really loud, you're not realistic. Okay, it's just not the case. People operating climbing tree stands make a lot of noise. They don't hear it because they're in the middle of it. But deer can hear it. And I'm not a big fan of climbing tree stands, particularly for new hunters, because it takes a lot of noise and it takes a certain degree of athleticism. It does. And at the same time, you know, you're, you're carrying more into the woods. You got more weight. You, you, you're in the dark. You got all this weight. You're, you're less flexible. Right? What do you mean less flexible? You can be wherever you want. Yeah, but every time you go out now, it's all this noise and it's all this work. And where are you going to set up? And when are you going to scout that? And I feel like people just go out and pick random spots that really aren't that good because, well, I got a climbing tree stand. They don't need to invest that much time in finding a good spot. You know, my philosophy is, uh, you know, every spot that you hunt, you should have enough intel, enough research, enough scouting, maybe some trail camera intel to figure out this is a good spot. This is worth hanging a stand, building a stand, setting up a blind, something. When you're talking about climbing stands, you know, you could of course do that, obviously, but people tend to take the easy way out. They tend to say, well, I just carry and I can set up anywhere I want. If that's not a good spot, I just won't hunt there again. And they're wasting time. They're wasting days. And worse than that, they're making noise, spooking the deer and opportunities away that would have been there. So I do think climbing stands have a place, particularly on public land. But 
I just don't see that as ideal. Plus, a climbing stand usually costs more than several cheap tree tree hang-on stands. Um, you know, you could argue multiple multiple sides on that equation, but it's just not ideal in terms of new hunters. I believe. I, I just I think it, it handicaps you more than it helps you. Somebody who has a lot of experience. Someone who's really developed their, their ability to be quiet and stealthy, they could probably climb a lot quieter than someone who's new. They can probably make more use of that opportunity than someone who's a beginner. Uh, and I just really like having a stand that's there. I can sneak through the woods as quiet as I want, carrying minimal amount of gear, not wearing myself out. I can sneak in. I can be super quiet. Even if it's a small property, even if I can park close to the road, then I have more time to be extra quiet. I can get to that stand. I can climb up there without making a sound or making almost no sound. I can sit down, get set up. I'm not huffing. I'm not puffing. I'm not doing all this extra stuff. I already know because I've scouted. I've, I've spent my time. I've done the work. I know this is a good spot. I know my chances are good here. I know I've got the right wind to be here. I've not been lazy. And then when it's time to go, I can just climb down and head out and then come back a couple days later or whatever the case might be. And I just feel like I can hunt better that way. And I think most people in the majority of circumstances can too. Again, climbing stands have a place. They have a place. There's a time and a place where they're ideal, where they're probably the best option. But that's not really... The, 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 that's not really the situation we're looking at right now with this show and probably most of the people listening to it. So, you know, those are things to think about, things to keep in mind. Now, having a spot, though, doesn't, not, doesn't necess, necessitate that you spend money. A spot can be a tree you lean against. It can. And like I mentioned right at the beginning, you know, a great hunting blind is on the side of a hill when a big tree falls over, leaves an overturned root ball, and you can tuck into that and disappear just as well as you could inside of a $200 blind that you bought at a big box store. All right. Those kind of spots are things you can add to your setup. They can be very effective hunting locations. And you can maybe you can maybe make a little modifications to that. Maybe you can move some dirt around, move some rocks around. Maybe you're gonna bring a stool or a turkey chair or a cushion, or you can you can set that up in advance. You can make some adjustments there, you can make it more comfortable, you can, you know, maybe do some things to, to make sure your visibility is ideal, and that becomes a spot. It costs you nothing. And you still have great odds. It's not you're not always better being in a tree, or being in a store bought blind. So it's easy to fall into that trap to think, you know, I have to have, I have to pay this money to get this this widget, this thing to hunt. Now, of course, you could build a tree stand out of wood. In today's economy, wood costs more than just about anything else, and depending on where you are in the country, so that's not really cheaper right now. But in the regular universe without pandemics that can be cheaper but don't think you have to spend any money necessarily to have a spot in a completely flat area you can hunt from the ground you can find a good tree you can brush that tree in a little bit you can add some cover or remove some cover uh, you know especially if you have a valley and you got big trees at the bottom of the valley 
If you can find a tree that's on the edge of the valley, like it's flat where you're sitting, and then right to your back, it goes right up a steep hill, that can be a good spot because deer don't often you know, go up and down those hills. They would rather walk the edge of that habitat change. So you could hunt even in the valley, even on the, the ground, even at eye level with the deer, lean against that tree when you have the right wind that blows your scent up that hill and away from the valley that you're hunting. You know, things like that that cost nothing can work. And then you mark that spot. Maybe you got an app. Maybe you've got Onyx or you've got, you know, HuntWise or something. You can put a pin there. Say, okay, this is a spot. I've scouted this. I know it's a good location for this wind direction. This is a good spot. Cost you $0. You could find a good way into that location where you're not going to spook the deer early on. And then maybe you just bring in a chair or a stool or a cushion with you and then you're set up. So don't just assume, I gotta spend money, I gotta climb trees, I gotta buy blinds. You can hunt without that stuff. You just have to think about it. You gotta think outside the box. You gotta look at it in different ways. You know, maybe you do have a tree stand and that's your your number one best location, but you could have two or three other backup spots depending on the wind and how often you wanna hunt that are natural there or you built them in location you know some states you could build a blind out of wood you could find trees you could find debris you could build you a little hunting blind in the woods cost you nothing not every state allows that so make sure you check your local laws but that can be a great option you know that can be something that you go back to for a few years and or you keep it up and you just go back there perennially but you don't have to invest money into it. So, but the first thing, find your first spot. Learn what wind direction that spot works with. Okay, and then once you've got spot number one, start looking for spots two and three. And the idea for spots two and three, even if they're your plan B spots, is for different wind directions. And it could be for a year or two or three, one spot is really good. And then the deer disappear. You go in there scouting two weeks before season. You find, well, there's no deer sign here this year. There's no footprints. There's no droppings. There's no rubs. There's no scrapes. There's no sign of food. And it could be, you know, maybe that spot was a good spot because of X food. Maybe, you know, white oaks made that a good spot. You had lots of acorns. But maybe that was a bad acorn year. And those deer just, they never, they never settled in that spot. Maybe... That's a good spot because of other food or agricultural plantings or, you know, who knows what brush, but you had late freeze, early freeze, frost, whatever, and, and that brush was, was, you know, set back a bit and there's not as much green forage there as there was in previous years. Different things can happen. So then you're like, okay, well, this is my, my grade A spot normally, but this is an off year. Well, you got a couple backup spots now. Maybe one of those is having an on year or above average year or just average and you've got options. And you know, of course, if a spot turn becomes one that's bad year after year, well, you know, it's time to put that one on the shelf and let's find, you know, a new uh, grade A spot. So I hope this is helpful for you guys. Check out the website newhuntersguide.com again. Check out all the other episodes I've got on deer hunting. Leave me a comment. 
send me an email through the website. I read every single one. I respond to every single one. And make sure you hit that subscribe button. However you're listening to this podcast, subscribe. Make sure you get these episodes coming in to you on a regular basis. And uh, if at all possible, head to iTunes. Would love for you to leave a five-star review with a comment. Not for my own edification, but because that affects the iTunes algorithm and helps get this show to more people and get more help to more new hunters and people just looking to up their game, get some additional perspective. So I really appreciate you guys. Till next time, God bless you and go get them in the woods. Wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Four in the morning. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Birds up in the sky.